Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. Chapter 4, starting with verse 18 and going to verse 20. The Bible says, Cut ye not off of the tribes of the families of the Kohathites from among the Levites, but thus do unto them that they may live and not die when they approach unto the most holy things Aaron and his sons shall go in and appoint them everyone to his service and to his burden but they shall not go in to see when the holy things are covered lest they die skipping down just a few chapters to numbers chapter 7 verses 6 through 9 and Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them to the Levites two wagons and four oxen he gave to the sons of Gershon according to their service and four wagons and eight oxen he gave unto the sons of Mirai according to their service, under the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the high priest. But unto the sons of Kohath, he gave none. Because of the service of the sanctuary belonging unto them was that they should bear upon their shoulders no carts, no oxen, They are to bear it on their shoulders. Bishop Pitts, if you would say a word and bless this service here this morning. Thank you and you may be seated. If you get with me, I will not be long. I promise you that. They said that this water was any inclination of how long I will be. We're going to be here for a while. Brother Sparks, it does have eternal in it, written on the side of it. So I'll leave it right there. But I believe God has a word for us this morning. God had a specific pattern for the way that he wanted his tabernacle to be built. God even had a specific design in which he wanted the 12 tribes of Israel to be encamped around the tabernacle. There was one tribe that did not receive an inheritance in the promised land. And that was the tribe of Levi. Anything that had to do with a tabernacle or the temples that were built in the years to come, Brother Zach, were to be performed by the Levites. 
Now it's important to note that the Levites weren't just one people. The Levites came from the son, the sons of Levi. Levi, of course, was born unto Leah. He was the third child to Jacob. From Levi, he had three sons, Brother Jeff. The firstborn was Kohath. The secondborn was Gershom. And the thirdborn was Mirari. These three boys comprised of the Levites. And the Bible said each one of these boys had a specific task inside of the tabernacle. It's very important that we understand that. The Gershonites took care of all of the decorations in the sanctuary. Ropes, curtains, coverings, robes. The Mirrorites had the task of maintaining and carrying from place to place the pillars, the bases, the frames, the pegs, the cords that created the structure of the tent of meeting. Since the Israelites were often on the move, the tent of meeting often had to be taken up at a moment's notice. <clears throat> the Kohathites had charge of caring for the objects associated with the sanctuary. But they had a special task, Brother Timothy. They were to carry the Ark of the Covenant, the table of showbread, the altar of incense, and the seven golden candlesticks. Because of the duties of the Gerashites and the Mirrorites, they were given carts and oxen to carry their responsibilities, their duties, their objects. But to the Kohathites, they were not to carry them on the carts and on and driven by oxen. They were to carry it on their shoulders. People are looking for the real deal in this world today. This world is not looking for something that is being carried on a cart. This world is not searching for something that is driven by oxen. This world is desperate for something carried on the shoulders of men and women. They can get something that's carried on a cart, Brother Tanner, down the street. They can find something that's driven by oxen down the street. But what they're looking for is a man and a woman carrying the presence of God on their shoulders. Something on a cart will get them through the door. Something driven by oxen will get them into this house. But they need something else, Brother Voss. They need a divine intervention. They need the supernatural power of Jesus Christ. They need to see somebody who is real, who believes it, who walks it, who talks it, who believes it, who doesn't turn around, who doesn't look to the left or to the right. I want to carry this thing, and I believe it. It's important to understand <clears throat> that when the responsibilities were delegated out, God had Moses line up all of 
Kohath's sons, all the Kohath boys were lined up in a row. Sister Peyton asked me, do you have props? And I said, do, I, do you not know me? And she says, you have props. <laughs> Almost every time I preached or taught, I, I had a prop. It kind of compensates for what I lack in, as far as speaking and preaching. <laughs> Help hides all that. But in this situation here, God had instructed Moses to line up all the Kohath boys. And he said, you boys are going to be responsible for carrying the table of showbread, the altar of incense, seven golden candlesticks, and the Ark of the Covenant. They got excited. They started ribbing one another, punching each other in the arm. This is awesome. This will make us popular. This will get us invited to all of the parties. Why? They're going to want to know what the Ark of the Covenant looks like. And we'll be able to tell them. Because you see, only one man, one time a year, got to see the Ark of the Covenant. Nobody else did. So they were excited. And they said one towards another, this ain't going to hurt us with the ladies either. This is something that will really make us the cool kids. But no sooner were they stoked and excited about their new responsibility, Moses bursted their balloon. He said in Numbers 4 in verse 20, But they, the Kohathites, shall not go in to see when the holy things are being covered. You can go in, but after we've covered everything up, after we've wrapped everything nice and snug, where you won't see anything, then you can come in. After we have covered up every hole, every tear in the blanket, then you can come in. You come in before that, you die. You mean to tell me that we can't see what we're carrying? Absolutely not. If it were one of us, <clears throat> we would have had a question. Pastor Mo, I got a question. You mean to tell me we're supposed to trust you that we're carrying what you say we're carrying? You mean to tell me that I ain't got any insurance when I carry this burden? You mean to tell me, Brother Jake, that when I step out by faith, believing all things, you're not going to show me every step of the way. You're not going to tell me where I'm going to get the money. You're not going to tell me where I'm going to have my church. You're not going to tell me where this, this provision is going to come from. You mean to tell me you're going to carry it? You're going to cover it? I've got to carry it and you're going to cover it. And I don't get the benefit of knowing what it looks like. But wait a minute. 
But wait a minute. You see, the last time we carried seven golden candlesticks, it looked oddly like that California king-sized brass bed that's in your master bedroom. You tell me that that's the table of showbread, Brother Paul, but wait a minute. I had dinner at your house last week. That's your kitchen table. It has to be. How am I supposed to know? Wait a minute. This ain't the altar of incense. No, sir. It's that stuff, crocodile, that you got on one of them safaris over in downtown Egypt. You mean to tell me that before I step out by faith, I don't have insurance. I don't have any guarantees that when I step out of the earth, the Chaldees, you're not going to tell me everything. You mean to tell me that I've got to walk by faith and not by sight? You mean to tell me I've got to trust you when everything in my being is telling me to stay home, to put it up, to hang it up, to not worry about it? Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Y'all believe in Jesus? Y'all believe he can't lie? Put that to the test. The Bible says he calls things that are not as though they already were. That's by definition a lie. You ask little Johnny or little Susie, did you clean your room? Yeah. I'm calling things that are not as though they already are. That's a lie. But God can't lie before it before it clears his tonsils. It is so from the beginning of the world. And it doesn't matter what he tells you. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is trust. All you have to do is have faith. Woo! I'm trying. I'd scream at you a little bit more, but it's going, it's going fast. Romans 8, verses 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for. It's covered. I have no idea. God chose to cover. It's covered. I don't know what to pray for. For as we ought, but the Spirit... Itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Don't you worry what's underneath that tarp. Don't you worry what's underneath the cover. God has it covered. God has it covered for a reason. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to believe in him. I don't know why you're sick. I don't know why you have problems. I don't know why you don't have your blessing yet. But I'm here to tell you, God has it covered. He's got it covered for a reason. He's got 
it covered so you don't see it. He's got it covered because he wants you to put yourself in the palm of his hand. A few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, my mother got the call. Three weeks ago to this day, she got the call that she had a donor. We were excited. We helped her, got her on the road. We had faith. We had hope. Then all of a sudden, everything happened like clockwork. We were told, don't get your hopes up. Because sometimes there's anywhere from two to four dry runs. What that means is sometimes the lungs just don't make it. So we get you here. We prep you. We take care of you. We get you ready for surgery. And if the lungs are no good, we cancel. You go home. There was a man that went 16 times. And he finally got it on his 17th run. We're praying, Sister Madison. We believe in God. We're carrying this thing. God, you said you're going to heal my mama. God, you're going to make a way. I can't see everything right now, but I'm believing you. I don't know the future. I don't know the end from the beginning. But somehow, you said you're going to do it. She had her surgery. It took eight hours. From eight to four, she was in surgery. She finally got out. We got to see her. I just, she was hooked up. She looked like a bionic woman. I just, I said, I want to see her. I said, she don't look good. My wife tried to stop me. You don't want to see your mama right now. I said, I just want to see her chest rise and fall. I'm sure there were times when she came in to my cradle just to watch my chest rise and fall. But something inside of me needed to see, to see it. We want to see it, right? We're upset when God covers it, right? We get frustrated by, by because we just, we, we can't see it and it's just covered. And it's just, it's just veiled. And that's all I needed. I went home only to find out the next day that my mama couldn't comprehend a word I said. For the next seven days, she experienced what was called brain delirium. For lack of a better way to explain it, it was like talking to an infant child. You could get her attention. You could say, hey, mama. But she would turn away. A light would distract her. Something else in the room would draw her attention away. That's not my mama. That's not the woman who raised me. It's one of them, the lights are on but nobody was home type of moments. Two weeks ago today, I got up Sunday morning. I was discouraged. I was tired of carrying this thing. It's not fair, God, you don't show me what's going on. You don't work this out for my good. I'm using scriptures left and right. Like I'm a Yosemite Sam or something. Take that, God. Here's this scripture. Pow, pow. 
Y'all been there. Don't, I'm not the only one. You want to hold God under a scripture that he wrote. And it's okay to hold God accountable to his word. Because he said it, he'll do it. But sometimes he has it covered. I need to hurry. Two weeks ago, I went back and watched the video. At 11.36 a.m., we prayed for my mama. 15 minutes later, I'm getting a text from my aunt. Something's happened. Something's changed. There's something different. There's something different. She's responding. She talked to me. She sang to me. She's conversating with me. She's looking at me. She's moving her lips. She's remembering things that I forgot. Just because I don't see it, just because I don't see it, I'm supposed to carry it. I don't need to worry. He's got it covered. I don't need to worry why it's covered. I just got to believe it. I just got to trust him. I just got to keep rolling in faith. I just got to keep rolling in faith. doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're experiencing. God has it veiled for a reason. God has it covered for a reason. God has it protected for a reason. You don't understand. His, his ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. Come on. He's high. He's high. Way above there than I can even think or imagine. Brother Chris, let me borrow you. Sit down, sit down. Y'all thought it was over? It's not over yet. See? I don't. This is my buddy right here. This is my buddy. Don't read my notes. Don't read my notes, you'll shout. So. You have to understand that the Levites were not given an inheritance. They did not receive anything in the promised land, Brother Joe. But the Bible did not forget them. God did not forget them. He says, I'm going to give you cities. Well, at least it's something. How do you like them 2% raises? How do you like them 10 cent raises? At least it's something. My boss is pulling down 300 grand a year and I get a 10 cent raise. I make a nickel, my boss makes a dime. That's why I sleep on company time. But listen, don't go nowhere. The Kohathites received 13 cities from the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, and Simeon. 10 cities from Ethereum, Manasseh, and Dan. The Gerashites received 13 cities from Issachar, Asher, Nephtali, and Manasseh. The Mirrorites received 12 cities from Reuben, Gad, and Zebulun. You can find all of this in Joshua chapter 21. Fact check me. 
What is so significant about these cities? What is so important about these cities? Brother Chris, out of all of these cities, God chose six of them to be cities of refuge. You finish out in a second, I promise. The reason why he chose six cities from Kohath, Gershon, and Mirai, because these boys knew what it was like to carry something that needed to be covered. You see what a city of refuge was. If you made a mistake, you could run to the city of refuge and you would be protected. I know what it's like to be offended. So here comes my brother running to the house of God. I don't need to know his past. It's covered. I don't need to know about what his kids did. It's covered. I don't need to know about his exes. You ought to be shouting over that. It's covered. It's covered. The reason why God chose cities of refuge from these three boys is because they knew what it was like to be offended. They knew what it was like to be hurt. They knew what it was like to be broken. They knew what it was like to be down. They knew what it was like to be destroyed. But you know what? I don't have to treat my brother that way. I don't have to hurt my brother that way. I don't have to pretend that everything, he's covered. He's covered. He's covered. Maybe the reason why you were hurt is because you could cover somebody who's hurt. Maybe if you were broken and poor for a few minutes, you would understand how somebody else is broken and poor and treat them like gold. There are all kinds of people that come into this house and they don't tell them what's going on and we don't need to know. And don't you go Facebook stalking them just to find out because it's covered. Don't you reach through the blood. Don't you reach through the blood to find out what they did. Don't you peek. You're going to die. You're going to be destroyed. It's covered for a reason. It's covered for a reason. Your brother, your sister, it's covered for a reason. Come on. The Bible says to bear, bear, bear one another's burdens. Sit down, sit down. Is this okay? I'm almost done. What's it like carrying Brother Stephen, the presence of God, on a cart? Let's ask King David. 2 Samuel chapter 6. He said, I'm going to put the ark on a cart. Not just any old cart. Brother Joseph, it's going to be a new cart. Where did he get this idea from? 
ironically enough. This is found in 2 Samuel chapter 6. So if you go to 1 Samuel chapter 6, you'll find that the Philistines put the ark on a cart and sent it back to Israel. Nothing happened to them, Brother Chris. God even healed them as soon as they got it out. So if it worked out for the Philistines, it's got to work out for me. There's some things in this world that are not going to jive in the church. There's some friends in this world that say, hey, I'm a Christian. And they go places that they shouldn't go. That doesn't mean, kids, you should go there. You see them laughing and having a good time because they went out and had a ball at their Halloween bash. But that doesn't mean you should go there. They see things that you shouldn't see. They listen to things that you shouldn't listen to. They experience things that you should. And just because God don't strike them down dead like he did Yuza, I'm telling you, that's not my thing. It doesn't matter what the world is doing. It doesn't matter what that church down the street is doing. God told me to carry this thing on my shoulder. God told me to carry. I feel the Holy Ghost. God told me to carry this thing on my back there's no other way there's one faith there's one baptism there's one Lord and I've got to carry him I've got to carry him I don't know why I can't see everything brother Tanner but I'm going to carry it musicians come I said I'll be done I'm done musicians come Maybe that's why David put the ark on a cart. Because he had a problem of seeing the prosperity of the wicked. Everybody around me seems to get promoted, seems to get blessed, but not Brother Dallas. I got to work a ton of overtime just to make ends meet. I can't see everything, Brother Clint. But I'm just supposed to carry it. You see, David had it backwards. Because Michael said, Brother Jeff, hey, you look like an idiot. Read it. You are un. Covered. You see, when he put the ark on a cart, the ark was uncovered. And he was covered. He had his kingly gown on, his royal robe on, his crown on. Read it, I'm not making it up. Second Samuel chapter 6. And when Uzzah tried to steady the ark, he paid for it for his life. Because that stuff don't work here in an apostolic church. You can go from anywhere to here. 
But it's hard pressed to go from here to anywhere. So David said, you know what? I'm covered. So you know what? He became transparent. He became uncovered. He became bare. He was not naked. Don't misunderstand. He was not naked. He had a tunic on, but he took his crown off and he took his robe off and he became uncovered in the presence of God and he covered the ark because he knew for the first time this thing is not to go on a cart. So you know what we're gonna do? I don't know what else to do, but I'm gonna go six paces and I'm gonna shout one, two, three, Three, four, five, six, and just start dancing. God, you're gonna make a way. God, you're gonna see it through. God, you're gonna bring my kids in. God, you're gonna bring my grandchildren in. God, you're gonna be a blessing. God, you're gonna be that miracle. God, you're gonna be there for me. One, two, three, four, five, six. I can't see everything, but I know you have the future in the palm of your hand. I don't know everything, but you know the end from the beginning. I can't see through that cover, but you've got everything under control. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sit down one more time, I promise. David understood. He's got to be covered. I've got to be transparent. Romans 4, 7 says, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven and sins are covered. If I come covered, Brother Tanner, I'm hiding some things. I'm hiding behind my title. I'm hiding behind my profession. I'm hiding behind my money. I'm hiding behind my poverty. I'm hiding behind something. But if I can just take it off and cover the presence of God, then my sins will be covered. I'm boldly approaching the throne of grace, Brother Timothy, because my sins are covered. They're protected. They've already been judged. I'm clean. I'm washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm just going to throw this story out there. This is maybe an oddball story for this type of sermon. But it's about the story of the servants that the Lord gave one five talents. The Lord gave the second two talents. And the Lord gave the third one one talent. You know the story. I'm not going to rehash it. Third servant went out and buried his talent. Second servant had two. He reproduced two. Servant, first servant, he had five. He went out and reproduced five. But the Lord of the house did something, Bishop, that was kind of weird. Now, I may have to talk to Jesus when I get to heaven about this because I think some of you in here have experienced this as well. 
You see, I identify as the two-talent Christian. I don't have a lot of talents. I've just got a few. I'm really good at figuring stuff out. Really good. And I'm also really good looking too. But that's the only two talents I have. But you know what the Lord of the house did? He took the talent from the servant who buried it and he gave it to the guy who now had ten talents. I still have four. You see, you got to understand, sometimes you're not going to get a participation trophy just for showing up. You're not going to get that promotion just because you gave in the offering. Sometimes you're going to push just as hard as the five-talent guy. You're going to work just as hard as the five-talent guy. You're going to do everything right just as the five-talent guy, and you won't get anything out of it than what you put into it. And that's all the reward you need to know. Let's stand. Is this okay? I've got one more to throw on you. Can you bear it? One more. I got these from Jesus. Kohath. Was the father of the Kohathites. Kohath was the grandfather of Aaron, the high priest. And I got all the names written down. You want to come look at them? That's fine. I'm going to expedite this. I wrote them all out. I should have read them. I took the time. We're going to expedite. Kohath was the grandfather of Aaron. Aaron was the grandfather of Phineas. Phineas was the great grandfather of Uzai. He was the priest during Deborah the prophet's time. Uzai was the great grandfather of Azariah. He was the priest during the prophet Samuel's time. Azariah was the great grandfather of Zadok. He was the priest during David's time. And Zadok was the great, 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 I forget how many greats, grandfather of Zechariah. Zechariah was the father of John the Baptist. Did you know John the Baptist was a Kohathite? What? Did you know that John the Baptist carried the gospel? Of the Messiah. He was the forerunner of the Messiah. Did you know he didn't know who it was? Until he showed up. He said, There is one who is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to unlatch. He shall come. I'm carrying it. I don't know who it is. And then all of a sudden, Jesus steps into the water. And he removes the cover. And says, I am he. John the Baptist noticed and says, 
I shouldn't be baptizing you. But you should be baptizing me. I shouldn't be carrying you. You want to carry me? He said, baptize me, John. He's a Kohathite. He can't see. Did you know John the Baptist did not witness one miracle? He did not see one thing that Jesus did. According to theologians, the last time he saw Jesus was when he baptized him and went up into the mountain to be tempted by the devil. Wait a minute. Luke chapter 7 verses 18 and 23. I want you to see what God does. I'm sorry for taking this long. Please forgive me. And the disciples of John showed him all these things. And John calling unto him two of his disciples sent them to Jesus saying, Art thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? I want you to make that point clear, guys. I carried him. Years I carried him. I was a reed shaking in the wind. I ate locusts and wild honey. I carried him. I don't even get to see what I carried. When men come, next verse, verse 21, and in the same hour, Jesus cured many of their infirmities and plagues and evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. 22, then Jesus answering and said unto his disciples, go your way and tell John, what things you have seen and heard. How that when the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached. Last verse. And blessed is he who shall ever shall not be offended in me. You know what he said? It's covered. It's not covered anymore my debt is covered my debt is paid my debt is covered my sins are paid by the blood of Jesus Christ who died on the cross he said you gotta understand you don't see it but it's covered you may not understand it but it's covered lift your hands all over the house today as they begin to sing I want you to believe no matter what you've been through no matter what you've done no matter what your transgressions are it's covered it's covered it's paid it's covered by the blood of Jesus come on if you feel like coming to the front if you feel like coming to this altar I bid you come I welcome here you don't have to feel guilty you don't have to feel condemnation come on it's covered it's covered it's covered it's covered under the blood of Jesus he paid for you come on come on he paid with